I wanted you to give us a call. Five seven oh, pod one one, baby. Give us a call. Five seven oh, pod one one, hun. Podcast where me, Marissa. F- what? Go. Ahead. Yeah, that's you. You're Do I Marissa say my Phillips. last name? Oh, Marissa Phillips. <laughs> I meet Pete Phillips. Come to you after another week of absence and try to, you know, tell you some stuff that we know about. I have some really compelling stuff today. <laughs> I have some stuff that I find interesting again, like I like to do. <laughs> Look back to my chalk eating episode for an example of that. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, how was your week? My week was okay. You know what? I think as weeks go, mm. the fact that it wasn't... Um, I didn't have any <laughs> dramatic, uh, terribly sad thoughts. Oh, is that the end? So, oh. so yeah, quite honestly, um, <laughs> not having any memories of things being terrible mm. means that it was pretty good. But I, I'll say this much. It was a great week of birthdays. Mm-hmm. My nephew's birthday, my friend Lisa's birthday, my mom's birthday, Yay. all this week. And I got Sally Ride stamps this week as well. Ooh. I also I also got my prize magnets from Dr. Game Show. Very nice. I got nice. four of them, and I was very excited. I was expecting one. We'd plug that show, but it's not happening anymore. Yeah. It was our favorite. It was the, not all of, it was the best podcast that we both liked. I, I agree. Me and Pete have very different podcast tastes, but yeah. it was our favorite joint podcast. Marissa feels she likes better podcasts. I feel that I like better podcasts. I don't think that I said that. Did I say that? Yes, you are a podcast snob. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've been listening to many more for far longer. So am yes, I you have. You have. more qualified? Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's how his week was. Yeah, Marissa. How was yours? Um... A lot of people in my life were taking personality tests this past week. Um, not the, like, long official Myers-Briggs, but kind of like an internet, I think, like a condensed offshoot from the Myers-Briggs test. And it was concluded I am INFPT. If you're not familiar with that, it's like introvert, intuitive, something. Oh, wait. Hold on. You are? Introvert, interpret, interpretive. Introvert. Oh, I guess that's not on the screenshot. Introvert something feeling intuitive. That's not the important part. The The important part is that both Marissa and I have 83% turbulent identity. Yes. (laughs) And turbulent is something very interesting, very accurate, but very upsetting to have to read. It's like that, like, you care way too much about everybody. But he thinks you're so anxious all the time. You never just learn how to be happy. You're just full of emotion. Basically, the following um, areas were turbulent in. Uh, it's a, it, in identity, a trait that underpins all others, showing how confident we are in our abilities and decisions. <laughs> so Marissa and I are 83% not. Yeah. <laughs> so I was taking this test along with a lot of my coworkers and my friends, and they were all like, ooh. Like, there was a lot of people who were INFP or similar to me, and they would all be like, why do you have a T at the end of yours? Yeah. And then it became an ongoing joke with all of my coworkers that I'm turbulent, and I'd say something, and they'd be like, oh, that's because you're turbulent. And it was funny at first, then it wasn't because I live with it. I live with actually being what it said, and I was like, hmm, it's not really funny. Oh, I, after you said that, I understood how this worked a little bit better Mm. uh the p stands for prospecting okay instead of judging i think yes yeah but don't worry guys i am 71 percent judging (laughs) (laughs) i'm yeah i'm not i'm the opposite of pete with with that but uh yeah so although i would like to ask our listeners to listen to a few episodes in the past and please let us know at 570 pod one which one you think is the most the more judgmental one (laughs) But I don't think judging is just about how judgmental you are. There's more to it. Anyway. Like thinking you're superior than others. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't think I am. (laughs) Yeah, I helped someone else take the test yesterday, and it was uh, very eye-opening and disconcerting. (laughs) 
tiebreaker that you teased last time? I'm glad you remember it, because this is one of the first times that Marissa has listened to our podcast before we're recording no, a I've new one. No, I've listened to, like, six. I just never, like, listened the whole way through. I listened to, like, six. We just put out our 64th episode. Yeah, but it's us talking. Or I listen to snippets of a lot of them. If you yes. tell me that there's going to be extra content, I listen to the extra content. I don't ignore your hard work, but, I mean, if it's just us rehashing what I heard us talk about again, I don't listen. <laughs> yeah, are we going to do that? Do you want to? Yes, but you need to start because I don't know how deep we're going. Okay, here's the thing. Is there rules? We're able to veto. Like, if we're like, no, 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 people shouldn't know that, then we can stop each other. As we know, though if any people future in my life hear this, they may might fear this, but as we know, you can say any fucking <laughs> epic thing about my last boyfriend because he wronged me bad. <laughs> So you could talk about his butthole if you want, so, okay? Which that's so, an actual thing, guys. That that's wasn't just exactly a joke. what I yeah, was going tell for. Tell everyone about my last boyfriend's now, butthole. Our, <laughs> our icebreaker for those of you who didn't listen to the last episode is: we're each going to tell the listening audience, you guys, something about each other's exes that we think that you should know. Um, oh, but yours is going to be better than mine. None of mine are as good as that. No, they're definitely not. Marissa's last boyfriend didn't have a butt proper. No, he had a butt. <laughs> and so he, butt he had to surgically have a butthole created upon his birth. Yeah. Which, he, he went now days that I said it, without a butthole. I feel terrible. Don't think it No, man, we do need to take this out. <laughs> Do we need to take this out? I don't think so. You okay? <laughs> yeah, don't take it out. Here's the thing, guys. I realize that it makes us sound really bad to talk, call somebody out for that. But this person, Marissa was very tame when she said that this person wronged her. This person psychologi- psychologically scarred Marissa. And also, I mean, let's just say a butthole isn't the only body part that he is lacking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about balls. Yeah, yeah. I just hope nobody that ever dates me to this episode. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, no. But yeah, again, days without realizing you didn't have a bottle. Without realizing he didn't. Yeah, because I think he was like you crying all the baby. time. Yeah, the baby. <laughs> he didn't go like, uh, I'm missing something. Yeah, no, no, it was a baby. And then they realized he didn't have a bottle. Um, no, none of my stuff is going to compare. We could also, if you are concerned, stop. And do a whole different icebreaker if you want. I just felt like everybody should know. Or maybe we could like... Y'all heard some babies are born without buttholes? Or maybe we could arbitrarily bleep things so that we kind of know what we're saying, but not totally. I don't know. Let's think about it. Let's sleep on it. But no, we're not taking it out all the way. Um, Pete? Guys, this is... If you listen to our podcast, you are friends. So this is the friend circle. Yeah. There are no secrets. If you wrong us, we will tell your secrets. <laughs> you know what, though? Even if you don't wrong we us, might we'll still tell you secrets. What? It's not like we're betraying people. We're just naturally open. And yeah. I'll say this. We're naturally open with one another. Yeah. And we're sort of just letting you guys in on yeah. that. Yeah. For just, you know, one thing per ex. Yeah. <laughs> um, not per every ex. We're not giving... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if we really liked our exes, like, I would never say anything about your last one because she was lovely. We're going to talk about the one before that. Right. Yeah. See, this doesn't compare. I'm going to give, like, little... I'm going to give multiple because to That's, add the yeah, butthole. Yeah, yeah. To add up to butthole. Um, I remember... Uh, just really one of many things. Um, she did one of those cliche things that, like, I feel like you see in movies where she dreamt that Pete was looking at another woman in her own dream, and then she woke up and was mad at Pete about it. She didn't even tell you why she was mad for a long time, did she? No, this is a very long, complicated story, but ultimately, yeah. Yeah. Here's the crazy part about that, which I think you'll remember as I tell you. Uh, She was lying, and she didn't have a dream that I was cheating with someone else. She instead... Took my phone while I was sleeping, opened Facebook, found conversations from three years prior with another person, oh. and was jealous because she thought I was flirting with someone before I had even gotten together with her. <laughs> okay, two other quick hits, and then we'll call it a day. Um, 
she so me and Pete have been best friends for a long time um but she was threatened by me okay you know maybe sometimes it's complicated with like co-ed friendships but I liked someone at the time and I was very open about it and I would tell them about it so I remember one day I was like gonna have a dinner party with this guy I liked and I was trying to make all this food to like I guess I guess impress him and I was telling Pete about it and like Pete knew like I was gonna have this guy over and she thought I made the whole story up. Did she think I made the guy up or just that I liked him? No, she thought you made that that you liked him. Yeah, she yeah. thought I made up the fact that I liked him as an elaborate ruse to make Pete jealous. Yeah. <laughs> like I would make like okay, anyway. Uh on a separate occasion Marissa either got a flat tire or a car broke down, something like that. And um Oh, I didn't think I knew this. And yeah, and too. you called Donald to get a ride, but Donald didn't answer, so you called me because you knew that I couldn't be your first yeah. because Liz would get mad. Yeah, yeah I started using yeah. names. And so, <laughs> and so, but then you had to call me, and she thought, too, like that was some sort of ruse as well. Okay. Like you flattened your own tire. Oh, yeah, because I'm a fucking psycho. Uh, last, last, uh, just last one. We'll wrap it up. Uh, she moved in with Pete without having a conversation or asking his permission. Yeah. She just moved into his house. <laughs> just into his house one day. <laughs> and it was like, I live with her now. Did you want her to? No. <laughs> okay. Here's the way that went. She went, I said, she was like, oh, I'm moving to the same town. And I was like, to Wilkes-Barre. We've said it before. And I was like, oh, where are you going to live? And she was like, um with you and I was like oh do you think that's a good idea and then she got really mad and wouldn't not be mad until I said oh no I think it's a good idea I just wanted to make sure you did too <laughs> there's a lot of different ways you can manipulate people yeah. uh, guys so y'all heard about manipulation <laughs> I want to know what her personality test is <laughs> so the moral of the story is be nice to people <laughs> if not karma will come around was a better secret. <laughs> Speaking of how funny life is, <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about humor. That's right. As it relates to the human language. Um, I didn't know what my topic was going to be, but then I was inspired by something that happened this week. And Pete, I'm sorry. I feel like I've had to talk, talk your ER off about this. So... This could be either a really short story or a really long story, but basically, years ago, I did an open mic night, and they're like, what is your performance, they didn't say, what is your performance name, they're like, what is your name, and instead of saying, like, Marissa Phillips, to play the open mic, I was like, call me Dad Fest, because I really like that combination of words, and I thought it was fun, and I was, I was like, next up is Dad Fest, and I play these little emo songs, I thought it was funny. So from then on, I kind of, like, sometimes... Sometimes I just think things that I find funny, and I just think of, like, little, like, dad words. And I don't know why. <laughs> I like the word dad with other things that are unexpected. So I was talking to my coworkers, and I, don't, I think I was telling them about Dad Fest, and they thought it was so funny. And the other one was like, oh, yeah, like, she said something like Dude Splash, how she once came up with this event called Dude Splash. So we just started, like, playing off of that, and I was like, Dad Parade, Dad Prom. And, you know, like, people were laughing at some of them. It kind of spiraled out of control and involved too many people, and everyone wanted to get in on the jokes. And so, like, well, I would be like, Dad Warehouse, someone would be like, Dad Sweater. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you don't just put the word Dad in front of something. I know that's what it seems yeah, like is happening. But there's, like, <laughs> an, like, a, like a, a method to it that you can't really articulate. Like, it has to be something, like, unexpected or something that really, like, is uncommon. Um, and so I kind of then was like, huh, I can't really explain why I feel like Dad Arcade or Pete Hates This One, but locally sourced Dad Butter. Mm, I think you can understand. <laughs> or Dad Salad. Or what was the other one I liked? I liked, um. She liked one of my submissions, which was Ministry of Dads. Yeah, Ministry of Dads. <laughs> uh, and, oh, After Dinner Dad. That's my favorite of my own. But I couldn't articulate why I found that funnier than, like, dad's shoe. So I started Googling, like, what makes some words funny. 
So I'm going to talk about uh, the results of like two scientific studies. One with real words and one with made-up words. At, just as a teaser, listeners, if you're like, I don't feel like something happy today, please know that I'm going to get into something terrifying and horrible <laughs> and mysterious in my Yay. segment. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so uh, there's a recent study done by two scientists in Canada researching the funniest words in the English language. Uh, they titled their study Wriggly Squiffy Lummox and Boobs. <laughs> What makes some words funny? Let's hear it for boobs. <laughs> and it, uh, the study was published in the Journal of Experimental Psychology uh, back in November. In this study, psychologists uh, and an author in the University of Alberta tried to identify the funniest words in English. Um, but they also tried to find out what made them funny. So um, as one of them, as one of the psychologists would say, humor is, of course, personal to an extent. But there are also elements that are seen to be universal. So there are a few theories out about why we find things funny. One theory is incongruity, which says that we find things funny when they, are, when they unexpectedly violate norms or push the envelope. Um, Cicero, was he a philosopher? Yeah, yeah, sure. Back or in the a day, scientist, yeah, something. back in the day, Cicero. We all know him, but I forget what he does exactly. <laughs> Cicero was the one who um, introduced incongruity theory, uh, writing that the most common kind of joke is when we expect one thing, but then another thing is said. Um, in which case, our own disappointed expectation is what makes us laugh. Uh, while the incongruity theory of comedy makes sense. Um, one of those Canadian scientists said it's not a true scientific theory in that clearly not every incongruous event is as funny as another. So, for example, someone who's having a coughing fit in a crowded movie theater isn't as funny as someone having a random farting fit. I it depends on how long the coughing yeah, goes on. It, it, and, and what it sounds like and the cadence, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another theory about why it's Musicality. Find, yes. <laughs> Another theory is superiority, in which uh, we may laugh when we see people doing poorly or looking worse off than us, such as in slapstick comedy, which, I guess. Farting. Yeah, yeah. Like, You're poor right. people fart. <laughs> yeah, poor people do <laughs> fart. Um, so, Westbury, which is one of the scientists, Westbury's study of individual words supports a kind of combination of both of these theories. The words' meanings matter, but what also makes them, but also they kind of may make fun of someone or something. Um, so those two aspects will make a word funny. Uh, but the structure itself also matters. Um, if the word looks more unexpected, we tend to find it funnier. Um, like thorax. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, Westbury calls this the, I hate this, snuncoople effect which is a term he coined in a previous research paper uh, <laughs> and previous research he conducted as to why people find some nonsense words funnier than others. I'll get to that later. Um, Dr. Seuss was kind of a master at making funny nonsense words, uh, coining nonsensical words like sneedle and humph-a-dumpfer. Humph <laughs> yeah, I yeah. like to humph me a dumpfer. Yeah, well, I bet you do. <laughs> For the study, participants were asked to rate how funny they found thousands of words. <laughs> oh, why didn't we get to participate in this? I know. That would have been the story of a lifetime. <laughs> uh, words with the long O sound, like in poot or boobs, yeah. uh, were funnier than others, according to the study. And double letter words that end in L-E, like giggle, were also winners, according to uh, this study. Uh, when Westbury applied his model to a data set of over 45,000 English words, uh, it was decided that 10 of these words were the funniest of all. I was very disappointed by this. Skittle. And one of them is upsetting to me. <laughs> oh, good. Upchuck, not funny at all. Bubby, not funny at all. No. Bath, not funny at all. Bath, B-O-F? B-O-F-F. Okay. Isn't that mean to F somebody? Yeah, I think okay. so. Wrigley. Yaps, giggle, giggle's not funny at all. I'm sorry. How do you spell Wrigley? W R I G G L Y. Okay, I'm gonna suggest this isn't a correction, but I'm just gonna throw out there: is that Wrigley instead of like Wrigley? 
I feel like that extra gulp makes wriggly. it a little funnier. Wriggly. Oh, I guess you might be right. Yeah, wriggly. Yeah, you might be right. Still wouldn't yeah. put it in the top ten. <laughs> yeah. Giggle, guffaw, puffball, jiggly. Oh, am I supposed to say jiggly? <laughs> There's one more. I'm going to save the one I hate for last. Thank God. Because I don't know anyone that finds this particularly funny. In fact, I find this word upsetting. Cooch. <laughs> I find cooch wildly upsetting. This is not the first time that this has come up in knowing Marissa. Wildly, wildly upsetting. upsetting. Like, I can't even... You could say any other, like, derogatory female word and it will not upset... Or, as for, like, genitalia, and it will not upset me as much as cooch. Um, uh, there was a song, I believe CeeLo sang it, and he used the word cooch, and Marissa was... She did not respond well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I hate the word so much. Runners-up include squiffy, flappy, bucko, poop, puke, and boobs. See, I find boobs funnier than all of them. I don't find it funny that I'd laugh, but I find it more the oobs. Like, I feel like I could see that. Or poop. See, I see how the double O could be funnier. Yeah. Okay. On the other hand, on the end of the spectrum, the word found to be the absolute least funny was harassment. (laughs) (laughs) And yet we're cracking up. Yep. Okay, so now I'm going to transition to made-up words. Pete, I'm going to give you... Sorry, before you continue. So this guy did this research Mm. and then identified a pattern that people seemed to think was funny. Yeah. And then he applied that pattern to... To a bu- like a whole data set of words, forty five thousand, and then like the machine that he did this through identified these ten as something that matched the criteria of what other people found funny in the research project. Oof. I'm just recapping, but that is what you said. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've been drinking. That seems odd. That seems like an odd methodology to conduct the research. So it's a combination of. I think there's like a phase two to this research, which would be taking, like, say, say the top 25 words and putting them in front of people and having them repeat, you know, rating them. The next part of what I'm about to say was definitely, like, more computer-based, like how the data was procured, but how do you know that... I didn't necessarily say that the computer then identified those words. No, when you said the data set, I was like, this guy can't manage 40-some thousand words. So a computer must be doing this. Yeah, you're right. Thanks. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But but then how would the computer identify its meaning combined with possibly, like, mocking something combined with word structure? How would the computer define, like, identify the first two parts? Okay. So I don't know if I do. Think- Maybe it identified, like, 40 words and he pared it down to 10 using his own sensibility or some trends or something like that. But there are people involved. Yeah, but the pe- it sounded like the people were only involved in the first part. You might be right. I should have found It's fine. Out. It's don't. Hey, you know, uh, if you ask me, the study's still bullshit because those 10 words aren't that funny. No, they're not <laughs> at all. Like, tell me right now, and if you don't have any, you don't have to give three. But, like, top of your head, if you can name three words that, again, they don't need to be ones that literally make you laugh. But, like, you're like, oh, that's fun by itself. But I had to pick out words that I think would be funny. Not to the whole world, that you think, like, this is a funny word. I don't know that I can necessarily do that, but I could see, like, cootie. Duty is mine. Yeah. Duty is my go-to. Duty is so funny. That could be Duty why I went beautiful. to cootie. Yeah. <laughs> Duty has a double O. It just, it's just great. Duty yeah. is the most beautiful. Has the double O. Yeah. It almost has a double E yeah. sound. Booty is a close-up. Yeah. I think a double good. O ending in an E is great. Yeah. Hootie in the blowfish is kind of fun. They're hilarious. Poo- no, not Pootie. <laughs> Pootie Tang. Yeah, and not Moody. Moody's not funny. Louis but- C.K. is a monster. No, you know what it is? Just got to throw it out I there. know. <laughs> and you know, if I were to make up what I think is funny, it's a hard consonant. Like dad? Yeah. Long O sound maybe ends in an E. Pootie Doody. Daddy. <laughs> no, daddy's a Pootie Doody. What's the other one I said? I wasn't paying I thought there was one more Udi. <laughs> Hootie! Oh, no, Hootie. Hootie's not a sharp one. Yeah. Hootie. Hootie's not as funny as Doody, But though. Cootie has a, has a sharp consonant yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Tootie. 
Tootie is hilarious. Back to oh, I'm right. Tootie's hilarious. Tootie duty. Fruity's fun. Yeah. Oh, guys. <laughs> F the study. Ooty words are the best. <laughs> anyway. As for made up words. Okay. I'm going to give you two words. Tell me whether you find the first or second funnier. Like, in theory. Quingel. Quiches. I didn't even hear the second one. Quingel. Quiches. Are you saying Quingel. Or Quingo. Quingel. Lola. Quingel. <laughs> it's still that one. Okay. Prowsup or Mestins? I have to pick one. Mm-hmm. Prowsup or <laughs> Mestins? I might go with the first one. Okay. Only out of necessity. Witty Pro or <laughs> Octest? Witty Pro. Okay, one more. Rembrab. Or Sectori. Rembrab. Okay. Gosh. You totally go with the with the study. Okay. okay. I was going to say, I feel like I fit a pattern by picking yeah. the first of every one of them. So most people in this study, this is a separate study. I think it might still Guys, involve the other people. I'm going to get analyzed right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most people tend to find the first word in these sets funnier. I'm sorry. Wait. Always the first word? Not always the first word. Okay. The left, the Just checking. I want to make sure I'm not that set, predictable. Those all fit a, 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 like a, a certain model yeah, of some yeah. sort. Yes. So researchers, oh yeah, Westbury is the same people from the last researcher, uh, from the last study. Um, God, you didn't know duty is funny. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Um, they found that 56 English speaking subjects rated those words on the left, so the first words, as being funnier than those on the right. Um, scientists have found a link between funniness and a property called entropy. I don't remember that being what entropy is. What does entropy mean? No, I don't remember what it is either. Okay. Yeah, but I remember like knowing it and it yeah. doesn't. This is a way of expressing how usual the letters in these nonsense words are. So the less commonly they're used in English, the yeah. lower the total entropy of the nonsense word. That's what hit me with the first one. Okay. Quingle? Yeah. Quingel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to put it another way, the less like a normal word they are, uh, the more they strike us as humorous. So when we, when we read a word on the page or hear it, we expect it to be like the ones we've already encountered. The more a nonsense word violates our expectations, so back to the other study, like incongruity, um, the more funny we find it. Authors also ran a quick analysis of some nonsense words used in Dr. Seuss books and words like rumbus, scrits, and yazimatas uh, are found to be low on entropy, making them particularly funny. Counterpoint, rumbus sounds exactly like rumpus, but with one letter difference, so I do not think that one's funny, nor do I think it's low on entropy. I'm going to say scrit sounds like shits. That's why I like that one the best. I think it sounds like scrizz- scrizzle word. Is scrizzle a word? Was that a word back in slang time? I'm going to slowly eat cheese. <laughs> was that like a little slang word? Anything that ends in izzle was a Snoop Dogg word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess at the time of Dr. Seuss, scrizzle wasn't in the in the zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah. Um, guys, I like words, and I like to say them whether or not they apply. If they feel right, they deserve to be there. I am an English major with a master's, there but I will use words as I want. <laughs> anyway. No, I'm sorry. I have an MFA. I can double use them however I want. She's a master in fine yep, arts. Yep, so does Pete. Fine. Fine arts. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I like to make my podcast presentations without endings. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so no concluding points on No. That. The concluding point is I don't agree with what they find funny, but I do agree with some of it. Like I said, the long yeah. O sound. Um, incongruity makes sense to an extent, um, but I think they're missing a little bit about hard consonants because I think hard consonants really can add to the funniness. Yeah. I think there is an interesting link between our topics, and that is a concept of sound. Okay. Because if I'm not mistaken... And and I, I think I might be, but if I'm not mistaken, 
this test was was it based on the sounds of the words or was yeah. it based on the words on the paper? I think it was based on the sounds of the word. Yeah. Whether or not they sound like another word. I want to get more wine. Will they hear me open the fridge? Not the fridge. Oh, probably, but. Okay. Do you want me to, like, wait for you to come back or just keep going? However you feel. I can I was just like, will they hear me getting wine? <laughs> open the fridge. It's not even in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm ridiculous. Marissa's really good at pouring wine. She pours herself a half a glass each time. Because otherwise I'm going to be Yeah, I pour myself a whole glass every time. I'll be hungover all day if I drink whole glasses. So, let me start my... On that note. <laughs> ...segment. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the Marissa catalog. I'm going to start with a personal story. Okay. Um, I live... Marissa's actually in my home right now. We're, we're recording together. Yeah. Um, I live above a personal horror show, and the horror show happens on three levels. I've complained about it in this podcast before, but I'm going to get into more detail than usual. Um, level one is a sense of vibration in the air and in my body. It moves through me, even if my feet are not on the ground. <laughs> but when they are, the vibration is heightened. When are your feet not on the ground? If I'm sitting in a chair with my feet up. I get it, but, <laughs> but like, the chair's still attached to you. You're never floating in your house. That's what you think. <laughs> Sorry. I've been meditating. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. The vibrations come from sound. Um... But the sound is not really the problem to me. Like, the sound isn't the issue, or so I think. <laughs> the vibrations are the problem for me. The vibrations run through me, and I feel uncomfortable. The feelings I have turn to frustration and anxiety, and then I begin to follow the hum that is in the air. I feel it more in my bedroom. And then I go out into the hallway and I feel it there. Sometimes I have my hands on the walls trying to detect where it's coming from. And my, f my hands on the ground. I'll get on all fours and feel the ground to see where it's coming Sounds from. Like a telltale heart. <laughs> As I descend the stairs from my apartment. Ooh, it's like an Edgar Allan Poe story. <laughs> the sound matches the vibration finally. And then I find the source. And it is always, I should say most of the time, one time it wasn't. But it's Center City Repairs in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Oh, I thought you meant it was those kids dancing to techno music. It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, you can feel the hum now? No. Oh. This store exists to fix electronics like cell phones, computers, tablets, TVs, and presumably audio equipment. <laughs> The second way that I experience this horror show is a sense of anger. I stand outside the window of this business and I stare at white men trying to dance to one of three genres. Can I interrupt you very quickly? I don't mind, but you know you're presenting this like you're at a, a literary reading or like you're doing spoken word. It's because I'm taking it so seriously. Okay. By the way, I'm pretty sure I have, like, nine sublists in yeah, this. Yeah, he has this on paper, guys. <laughs> on paper. They try to dance to a few different genres. One's drum and bass. Clearly drum and bass. One is dubstep. Uh, you might say, what's the difference between the two? Uh, in dubstep, there's a beat drop. So it's like, things are like... They don't Something drop like anything that. in drum and bass? Why even listen... Because it's not about the drop, Marissa. It's about the whole song. Whatever. Like, drum and bass might actually have, like, melody. <laughs> Do they have singing? The last one, I don't know. <laughs> oh. Uh, some of some so of you're it. You're like, I can't even deal. Some you don't know. <laughs> the last genre I would sort of call chill EDM. In that it's, like, music for, like, drug addicts. Because it's like super chill and like it's kind of like dubstep, but there is no beat drop. It's just sort of Why like the fudge. Would anyone it's like to it's like without sex without coming. <laughs> it just like you just keep humping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
This is how visceral this is for me, okay, guys? So, they don't notice me as I stand like Michael Myers in the background of a Halloween movie. Dead face. Eventually, they do notice me, and I discreetly pretend... Or, I'm sorry, they discreetly pretend that I'm not there. Uh, They do not turn down the music, by the way, when they do notice me. Even though I'm the same guy who comes down all the time. Okay. Uh, When we finally engage in communication, and I put engage in communication because sometimes it is (laughs) nonverbal, they pretend that the music is not loud, and they gaslight me into thinking that I am the unreasonable party. The third level is a level of shame. This is the one that haunts me the longest and I feel the worst about. Let me cut you off one more time. After we finish this podcast, I'm going to read this like a piece of dramatic poetry to you. Continue. And we'll record that extra. Okay. (laughs) I go back to my apartment and I have this feeling that stays with me that I bothered these people who were just having fun and enjoying their lives. And I feel the guilt. I feel the guilt. That I want them to feel the guilt of preventing people from living in their places of peace. Guys, listen. There's another duck. It's another one of your duck presentations. The level of number one is maddening to me, and I can't explain why. But these small vibrations and this constant vibration... These like variations in humming and, and all these sorts of things. It makes me feel anxious and confused and it makes me feel like a crazy person. It's almost always because of bass. If the bass wasn't so low, I would oh, be fine yeah. with the sound that was coming from this place. But because the building that I live in has steel bars throughout the whole entire place, the vibrations travel a lot easier and they, they I know that I sound crazy, but they like get into your body. Mm. Okay. <laughs> The we vibrating do a little, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, it extends past the sound. It's the vibrating hum, and it also seems to come from nowhere. Like I, it, it slowly builds, and then I go, "Wait, this has actually happened." Sometimes I go, "Wait, maybe I don't hear anything at all." What? <laughs> and I have gone downstairs, and no one's there. What? And I still feel oh and hear God. this hum. Now this is problematic. <laughs> I will roam the building, as I said, feeling the walls and the floor, trying to locate the source of the hum. How often does this happen? One night I went downstairs, and the the, the whole store was empty. It turns out it was a store two doors down, oh, a record store. Thank God, otherwise the story is very disconcerting. <laughs> a record store where a lone employee was sorting records and playing music really loud i did the same thing that i do to the repair shop but that guy never noticed me and then people out on the sidewalk were like are you okay man why are you just staring into the record stop shop i think they're closed i think you should call the cops fyi for like yeah. noise pollution believe it or not though marissa i am lucky in this scenario okay because i can actually locate the source of the hum that is affecting me There are many people who suffer from the same affliction as me, but they can't find the source. For me, it's rude human beings who like really bad music. And while I do hope to do a whole entire show about why people that like bassy music uh, that literally shakes their hearts and bodies from the inside out, um, I can't fit that in today. Because it's the only way they can feel. Also, I feel like the people who feel a hum that doesn't exist are all the people who are being... Are also? Also... The people who think they're being gang-stalked. But let's continue. Uh, I'm not quite sure what that means. You know what we'll, gang-stalking is? We'll talk about that later. Oh my later. god, no! I'm going to do an episode on gang-stalking! You Thank know you. what gang-stalking is? <gasps> continue. I can't believe you let us talk without knowing what gang-stalking is! Wow. If this is like a one-word thing for something that I already know about, and I just don't know the terminology, I'm going to be very disappointed. But there are many okay. normal people like me. Right? I am normal. Ish. Who are afflicted Kidding. by a phenomenon called the hum. That sounds so ominous. The first reporting of the hum was in Bristol, England in the late 60s. This became referred to as the Bristol hum, which actually continues to this day. So for 40 freaking years in Bristol, England, there has been a hum that has affected some of the population. This is horrifying. Yes. 
It annoys residents, and some speculated that this was an instance of mass hysteria, that like a few people kind of heard something and convinced other people that they heard it by complaining that. about yeah. it. Does anyone get sick from it? Kind of worse. Sound weapons exist. Yeah, kind of worse than that. I was hearing about that recently. Uh, there, so some speculated that there is no sound, but they can, but like some people convinced others that there were. It was in newspapers, and it was on the lips of residents around the town. Bristol is a city, though, so many people came up with great reasons one might hear a hum in a city. Not forever. There's a lot of like noise in a city, um, but no one actually satisfied the residents who seemed so bothered by it. Next, you go to Taos, New Mexico. Taos, New Mexico is not a big city. It's a desert town uh, that is surrounded by mountains, and it has a rich history of Native American culture, uh, history, you know, artifacts, that sort of stuff, um, buildings, that stuff. Uh, the hum in Taos began, began in the 90s and also continues today. About 2% of the population in Taos identifies as hearers of the hum. It's a very small percentage, but for those 2%, the hum is maddening in a few ways. So pretend this is the way that makes me feel the worst. Pretend you're walking around and an orange bear comes out and punches you in the face. Later on, after you get your wits about you, you go to a friend of yours and you're like, dude, like an orange bear came out and hit me in the face. Uh And your friend would be like, are you okay? Because it sounds like you're crazy. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as an orange bear that would punch you in the face. The next day, the bear punches you again. And you're like, oh my God, this is the second time. And then you talk to somebody else. And that person is like, uh, what is wrong with you? Eventually you think either A, I'm crazy or B, screw all of these people who don't believe me. They're gang stalking. (laughs) I can't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hum sufferers report many social issues like this, becoming jaded, mistrusting, and bitter because others treat them as if they're fools, even though they think that they are not. Mm. They also suffer from the sound itself. Um, I have to say that the vibration of the bass downstairs does drive me to emotionally unreasonable responses. My heart is racing. I get a little, uh, like, heated. (laughs) Um, Just as an FYI to our listeners... These are symptoms that also occur when Pete is very hungry and he's yeah. not able to eat. <laughs> My heart doesn't race when I'm You hungry. get heated and very ragey. <laughs> One night. Vi- I'm not joking. Like, viciously. I'm not Like, denying. he'll drive erratically if he's hungry. Like, in a scary way and yell. Yell. <laughs> Good. One night I was watching The Avengers. The Avengers is an action movie, guys. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of bass in that. And yet still, the bass of the music downstairs was driving me crazy. Because that's like rhythmic. The Avengers That's exactly it. <laughs> because it's all, and it's more constant. Yeah. There's an end to like an action groaning. scene. Yeah. It didn't match what I was watching. It was irregular. Uh, and it felt like it was disturbing I know this sounds like all crazy for me, but it felt like it was disturbing my flow of energy and my peaceful chi. (laughs) That's why you should have crystals. Something was off and something was grating. I'll also say that bass, like cars with bass drive by outside, but that's also like a temporary thing. Like Mm, the car drives by. Occasionally they might have to stop. And that irritates me. Uh. But like, it's not like I go crazy because I know where it's coming from. When it goes for a really long time, I could see people losing their mind. Can you um, see yourself, quote-unquote, yeah. losing your mind? Yeah, but not to this degree. Uh, there is at least one suicide that the low f- that low frequency hum of bass um, has sort of... Did he put something in his ears? Basically, the person was driven mad. You can't find details on the no. suicide, so I don't have them. But I don't know if you knew this either, Marissa... Low-frequency hum of bass can collapse lungs. Whoa! According to a medical journal... Maybe that's why I have asthma problems. Doctor so bass in Korea. <laughs> Dr. Mark Knoppen said that his colleagues suspect that loud music may damage the lungs due to the booming bass frequency, 
which can be felt as a vibration going through the body. I love it so much. The lungs may eventually start to vibrate in the same frequency as the bass, which could cause a lung to rupture. That's horrifying, but it's like amazing at the same time. So Marissa mentioned sound weapons, and this is similar to that. But the hum is something else. The hum is a mystery. For some, it falls into the same realm as UFOs and chemtrails and other conspiracies. But for many, it's just a reality that they have to cope with. There's not much more to say about it except to examine the possible explanations. First, mechanical devices. Really easy one. I live in an apartment building. Perhaps there's like a sound unit, like a heating unit someplace that would drive me crazy. Um... There's also people who live near electronic electrical transformers. Uh, there was a Seattle hum, which was traced to a vacuum pump that was used on cargo ships. Another in Wellington, New Zealand, was traced to a diesel engine that was also on a ship. So sometimes, depending on where you live, there will be sort of hums and disturbances, like if you live near a construction site or an airport. Uh, back in New Jersey, in my hometown, I live by an airport, and I don't even hear airplanes when they fly over anymore because it became so regular to me. In Fahrenheit 451, they always had a hum, I think, or they would go home and put a hum device in their ear, like mm. a white noise. Uh, also, it could be people taking shifts, gang stalking you, and humming outside mm. of your house. I almost uh, spit out my drink, so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Next up is the ear condition tinnitus. Are you familiar with this? I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. This seems to be a catch-all for hearing rings, hums, beeps, all those kinds of things. Boops. Basically, if there's, no, <laughs> if there's no identifiable source, uh, then a lot of hearing-related doctors will be like, oh, you have tinnitus. So it's like... <laughs> kind of like when Marissa had a bunch of weird symptoms, and she kept going to her doctor, and her doctor was like, oh, well, it just must be stress. Yeah. Like... There's only so many reasons, like yeah. so many times you can say, oh, it must be stress. Or when they said women had hysteria. There you go. Yeah. But while we're on medical sources, get this. There is a, such a thing as a Venus hum. What does that mean? Like one that makes you fall in love? No. In this... Oh, that's Aphrodite. In Not this Venus. hum, your jugular vein... Explodes. And the blood flowing through it actually does generate a hum that only you can hear in your ears. I love it. The body is so strange that some people's hum is spontaneous autoacoustic emissions. These are noises generated by your own ears. So your ears make noises. But studies show that only 40 to 60% of people with normi- normal hearing can actually hear these Normy sounds. hearing. <laughs> uh, many aren't aware that they hear them at all. It's kind of like background noise to them. Uh, but in some, in complete silence, you are able to hear it. I sleep with a night a night noise? A snipe what? A snipe noise. <laughs> a a white, night noise? What am I a saying? Wh- a white noise machine. So I feel like I'd like it. I'd mm. embrace it. Go ahead. Lastly is animals. It's a weird one. In Sausalito, California, which is funny. Yeah, Sausalito is a funny word. It's there like, is an O at like the end. Sausage. And you're like, I know this. So- and then you're like, what? Alito? It's like sausage. I never <laughs> saw that coming. <laughs> Incongruity! And in Sausalito, there was a hum along the coast. I find this somewhat gross. Hope it was a fish. The fish were humming. It they was were banging. The mating and call. Like, the, it wasn't the sound of completion, but it was the it was mating sound call of, pre-completion. of midshipman fish. Why is that gross? They're not because fucking yet. That means it's that many fish. Like fucking. That many fish are ready to fuck. Yeah. So many fish, DTF. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep doing the deep voice, guys. I'm drunk. People who lived in houseboats were driven a little crazy by it, but otherwise. But it- then some of them got real horny too, <laughs> and it was like what. It was found that this sort of sound couldn't penetrate more significant materials like a steel hull of a ship. I bet it couldn't penetrate. I'm sorry. Come out of control. And so it was thought that this is not something that would get people like inland uh, irritated or something like that. I love that idea that it's just a bunch of fish mating calls making me cray. Oh, fish also calls to hum in Scotland and uh, in one house in 2008... The hum that the homeowner heard for an extended period of time was actually a wasp's nest in a hollowed out wall. Oh, oh. <laughs> I used to have wasps living in my wall. 
don't oh, yes, yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was a goldfish so bad. <laughs> they were horny goldfish. Yeah. No, I forgot I, to neuter it. I realize <laughs> that uh, I think we're both overstaying our welcome on this episode, but in terms oh, of yeah. sounds... <laughs> I feel, oh, I feel yeah. that I am kind of overstating my welcome on this. But I, I'm sorry. I, I still have more things that I need to talk about because I learned a little bit about sound frequencies. The hum has been reported to be within 32 and 80 hertz. These are detectable to human ears, obviously, though possibly a nuisance to them. Um, we can hear them. So if I play – if I can't play the hum for you because it, it's not going to come across the right way. Mm. Uh, I did did mean to bring it up on my phone, but I didn't have it ready. Maybe I'll cut it in if I get a chance. What follows is one person's attempt to recreate how they perceive the hum. But there's also things that you may have heard before, like, have you ever heard the hum of electricity, like power lines? Yeah, I think so. Right. So that's a hum that's also generated. Um, Maybe loopy feedback. I'm sure you've heard that before, where, like, you plug in a guitar or something, and it sort of, like, hums a little bit before Mm -hmm. it starts up. So some people, that, that tends to be around, again, it doesn't seem to go past 60 hertz. But when you get lower than 30 hertz, things get a little weird. And I'm sorry because this is going to make... If you don't think I'm crazy about what I talked about before, this is going to make me sound crazy. Today at work, I tested a couple of YouTube videos. There's one that goes from 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. So it starts as a hum that you can't actually hear Mm -hmm. unless you have really sensitive ears. And it goes all the way to like a high-pitched beep, Mm -hmm. which would be at the 20 kilohertz. So from 20 to 35, I couldn't hear anything. But 35 to 60 made me feel panicky. <gasps> Can we hear this after the show? And then at around two, you're going to want to hear something else after the show, <laughs> which know. sounds like a weird failed euphemism, yeah, I but I means. promise I'll explain <laughs> later. <laughs> then at around 200 hertz, the hum turned into a tone and I didn't feel so oh, anxious anymore. What they couldn't really put on YouTube is a thing known as infrasound. These are sound frequencies that are less than 20 hertz. Infrasound can range from sounds that animals make, like cats purring, uh, or hippos, which I, I just I like hippos, to natural events like volcanoes and earthquakes, and human-made things like wind turbines and explosions. <laughs> There's an experiment with a 17 hertz frequency that found 22% of respondents felt uneasy, My sorrowful. God, I they got chills down their spine. <laughs> I want to hear it so bad. Or they had nervous feelings of revulsion or fear I want to hear it after so sitting bad. through a concert that had the infra the uh, this infra what did I call it? Sound. Infra yeah, you're sound. right. Infrasound. <laughs> this sort of subsonic sound. So basically, there was a concert, but beneath the whole entire concert, they played this sound, and then they had the same exact concert without the sound that was underneath. <laughs> That's a good joke, everybody. (laughs) Um, Another study suggests that infrasounds can strike fear and awe into people. And some have said, I'm going to wait until you swallow your your drink. Some have said that the 19 hertz signal can create ghost sightings. (gasps) Oh, my God. 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 How do we do it? How do we? Here's the thing, though, Marissa. I did this at work today. You saw ghosts. I did see ghosts. In fact... The scientific explanation for why people think they see ghosts did happen to me, and I was terrified. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! We this is after this podcast. We gotta do I so much know, stuff. I don't know if I have the speakers oh. to, to replicate what oh, happened to me at work. So we can certainly try. But listen, oh. <laughs> in an experiment, a person saw something out of the, something like gray out of the corner of his eye. It's a shadow person. But then later, NASA recreated this particular Shut up, experiment. Shut You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and actually, uh, the, there was, it came from resonant, sorry, it came from resonating in the subject's eyeball. So you know how I was talking about how the base can shake your lungs and make them rupture? What does it do to your eye? This 
does the same thing to your eye. Your eye can explode? Sound filled his eye, causing his eye to create a gray glob that he saw out of the corner of his eye. And when the sound stopped, his eyes returned to normal. So, there's a YouTube video that's 10 hours long that, that suggests that it has the ghost frequency. This particular video says 18.9 hertz. What I came up with says 19 hertz. So what I did was I played it and I couldn't hear anything. So I turned my speakers all the way up. I have a surface at work. It's not very good for audio. But it's plugged into a dock that has two giant speakers. So I turned it all the way up and I couldn't hear anything but my eyes hurt. (laughs) And I turned it down and I turned it off and my eyes still felt goofy for like a couple of minutes afterwards. And I thought... Oh, I shouldn't be messing with this. This is like I just took it, did a little bit of heroin. <laughs> like, Ooh. I shouldn't be messing with this. So, we're going to mess with this. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> what I learned from this is it sounds. my eyes explode, you feel guilty. <laughs> I would feel very guilty. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. Uh, sa- I discovered that sound is actually kind of interesting and a little crazy. You might be like, Pete, I read the description. It said you were going to talk about the hum. You just mentioned the hum. True. But I just want to let you know that if you want to find out more about the hum, because there's really not a lot to say. Some people think they hear a noise Mm -hmm. and they can't explain it, you know. But there is a website called thehum.info. One of the most fascinating things I found at this site is a worldwide map of reports of the hum. Which include areas, which might not mean much to you if you're not from the area in which we're in right now. Mm -hmm. But hum Reports have come from Kingston, Scranton, Mountaintop, mm. and Blakesley, Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. And that's close to where we're at right now. Uh, you can head there. We're in that. And we're look. in Wilkes-Barre, because you didn't know. It's not close to. Yeah, there actually was a report in Wilkes-Barre where? proper. You should go. I think it is interesting if you go there and sort of see whether or not a place that you're near uh, is affected by the hum. Believe it or not, what Marissa. What is it, the hum.com? The hum.info. There's okay. only one report in Philadelphia. <gasps> interesting. But there's like a peppering in Brooklyn. So it's kind of interesting to see where it happens and where it doesn't. I wish that I could play the hum for you, as I said. But as you probably picked up, um, our recording setup isn't exactly studio quality. Yeah. So I might be able to cut this in a little later. And since I said it twice, I'll really try to do that. There was a period of time once where I heard a drip somewhere in my building. You are sensitive. I know. And that's the part that makes me feel like I'm a little bit of a crazy person. That's not crazy. But here's what happened for me. I reported it to maintenance and someone came up and they said, I don't hear it. And then I said, no, it's there. I believe at this time I was living with the unreasonable ex-girlfriend that Marissa was talking about. Mm, And she was like, I can hear it. And then I thought, she's pretty impressionable. Am I just making her hear this drip? And then another maintenance person came up and they were like, oh, I hear that. But there's no way we're going to be able to figure out where that's coming from. Oh, great. Also, yeah, there's nothing in the city of Philadelphia, by the way. It's only in the suburbs. Okay. That's upsetting. I don't get to enjoy any drama. So, like, one day there was this drip and then there was no drip anymore. It just suddenly stopped. And that is actually the way the hum works for a lot of people. You hear it sometimes and then you don't hear it other times. And it's not like there's a regular aspect of it that helps you predict or know when it's coming. I am a person who, and maybe this is a bad thing, maybe I have like control issues, but in my brain I go, somewhere in this building something is dripping and we need to find what it is and fix the dripping problem. We don't want anything dripping in the building of 12 floors. But we can't fix it, we can't find it, and we can't leave the world explained away. Like we can't have everything in the world explained. Mm. And so perhaps for me on some level, it's a lesson in which I'm supposed to learn that I can't control everything and Mm. I can't know where every single hum that affects me comes from Mm. or anything like that. But the hum doesn't seem to teach anybody that lesson. Instead, it seems to cause a lot of isolation and it causes a lot of people to pipe down and not speak up about the way that they feel mentally and physically. And hashtag me too. I feel like there's a little bit of correlation there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> here's a thought. Instead of fearing the hum, do you ever want to reclaim the hum? Maybe like... Make my own hum? Embrace the hum. Embrace the hum <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> That was a Cape Cotty reference. <laughs> Like, see the hum as your friend. See the hum as your comfort. 
Tzida, come as your home. It's interesting that you mention this because one, like if you go to the Wikipedia page for the hum, you'll honestly just see a summary of all the things that I just said. But one of the things you'll see that I didn't mention because it didn't fit into my hypothesis is that some people think that you can use cognitive behavior to cure yourself of the hum. If you listen to the hum long enough, you'll stop noticing it. Could you learn to love the hum? If somebody played Coldplay 24-7, I might start to just not hear Coldplay yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, again, it's not the sound that afflicts me as much. It's the sort of, like, vibration that mm, comes with mm, the sound. Mm. And it is. It's, like, it's slight, but it's still affecting and um, mm. weirds me out. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. I'm sorry that I was so dramatic about it the whole time. That was a fun episode. I like that. <laughs> I like that episode. Contrary to what I said by mistake last time when he said something and I said, am I boring? <laughs> to a pilot, pizza are boring. That was very good one. <laughs> I never meant pizza boring. I meant the m- multiple times he said... This my podcast t- is kind of fun with throwbacks when you actually listen <laughs> to it. <laughs> multiple times Pete has said his own topic was boring. So I thought he was saying like, oh, yours is like me. Like when I say mine is boring, but it made it seem like I just called Pete's boring. Also, I... Today I told Pete to stop being, I said, stop being you. <laughs> and Pete didn't like she it. She said, don't be you. Yeah, I said, don't be and you. And then she put a product on a shelf where it doesn't belong Exactly, I meant, don't make us go back to the aisle where it belongs. <laughs> anyway. So guys, I hope you like that. Any questions either way? I think I ask my questions in the middle of your podcast every time. Um, no, and that's perfectly yeah. fine. I think if PR, if our listeners have questions, they can contact us at Y'all Heard Pod on Twitter. You can also call 570-POD1-1. I, I also suggest leaving an iTunes review uh, with your experience related to the hum. And again, if you would like to hear the hum, uh, we can have a hum party. Yeah. Or if you're like, why doesn't Pete know? Everybody goes crazy and their eyeballs explode. Yeah. And their lungs collapse. If you know what gang stalking is and can't believe that Pete doesn't know what it is, leave that in our review too. Like, I can't believe the co-host doesn't know what gang stalking is. Stalking. Make sure you write S-T-A-W-L-K-N-G-S. Plugs! Uh, Marissa, do you have any plugs? My only plug is, if you want to hear more about sounds making people insane, go back and listen to our Creepypasta episode, where I talk about my favorite Creepypasta, which is Lavender Town, where a song played in the original Japanese Pokemon game mm. apparently caused a bunch of Japanese children to commit suicide or do lots of crazy things. It's an interesting uh, Creepypasta, so I plug that. I plug ourselves. <laughs> plug our butt. I like it. Because we have buttholes. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't know you had it so good, listener. You have a butthole. Burn. (laughs) Last episode, I think, I plugged two TV shows that I was looking forward to coming back, which was Those Who Can't and Corporate. Uh, But I was remiss in uh, not mentioning. I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, thank you. I didn't even know you were going to say that. So season two of I'm Sorry has premiered on True TV. I got to tell you, get the True TV app. Watch yourself some I'm Sorry. It's also on Netflix. You can also watch uh, those who can't, though, on the True TV app. And it's just a real fun show. Question. Yes. What do you feel about, if someone has no idea what I'm Sorry is, I dubbed it Curb Your Enthusiasm with a female lead. What do you feel about that? I don't know how to exp- exactly like sum it up as, as eloquently as I that. I don't either, but that's my best attempt. But like, I like it because it's a female lead. It's a three-person family, which I also find interesting. Yeah. I know that that sounds weird, but I find that interesting. Yeah, I don't really know why you find that interesting, but I'll accept that. <laughs> Andrea Savage is crude. There's a lot of fantastic, but like not as super famous comedians in it. Scott Ackerman's in it this season. <gasps> Ooh, yay! Uh, I believe his episode is coming up this, this Fun. week. Fun. But yeah, it's sort of... What I, what I really like about it is the pacing and how yeah. you don't stay in a scene too long. That things happen and, and then they move on to the next thing. I don't know. I find it a really interesting show. And the thing that pains me is that some people watch it and they go, this is just another show about a woman who has kids. And it's so yeah, not. I know. Because she's such a weirdo. <laughs> or by mistake, I tell my parents to watch it and they say, this is just a dirty show about dirt. Yeah. Dirty. You didn't acknowledge my question, incidentally. 
If I was supposed to dumb it down and make it as simple as can be... Right. I don't do you, think I could. Do, no, but do you not agree with my... I don't disagree, but I guess I don't tend to think of Larry David as being crude a lot of the time. And I do think that it's a crude show. And I'm not saying that he's not crude, because sometimes show. he is. I guess it's just someone who, like, is oblivious <laughs> to how what's appropriate. Right, yeah. And all the insanity that unfolds around them due to their I just said Larry David isn't crude, and then I could only think of the episode where they said... Where that the, the woman had his penis? Oh, no. okay, I'm sorry. Where the, they said, Jeff doesn't have a small dick. That woman just has a big vagina. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. Okay, not 100% a fair assessment, but I would say... No, no, no. I, yeah. I think it's okay. close, though. Again, the way that okay. the, of the pacing of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, okay. I think, is pretty pretty yeah. true to this. Check that out if you'd like to. By the way, she's like my role model. I would love to be her. I want yeah. to be a crude woman who's funny. I don't want to be crude. That's not my goal. But my goal is to, like, have a fun, fun adulthood and, like, be joking no matter what. But really, that's got this part out. Bye, guys. It was really great Bye. having you. <laughs> it's recording again. Can I stop? Yeah, it's recording because I gave you my papers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let me start with a personal story. I live above a personal horror show. Yeah. And the horror show happens in three levels. <laughs> Level one <laughs> is a sense of vibration in the air and in the body. It moves through me, even if my feet are not on the ground. But when they are, oh, it's heightened. The vibrations come from sound. But the sound is less the problem. The vibrations run through me. And I feel uncomfortable. (laughs) The feelings I have turn to frustration and anxiety and then I begin to follow the hum I feel it in my bedroom oh then out in the hall yeah as I descend the stairs the sound matches the vibration then I find the source yeah. Hi. Hi.